Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakoko artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast contains sound effects that might be jarring to some audiences. We do not utilize jump scares, but if you're sonically sensitive, please be aware. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include memory loss, fantasy violence, detailed descriptions of gore, decapitation, blood and bloodletting, alcohol and substance use, body horror, fire, and squicking noises. Arc 2, Episode 8. Riven and Riven and Riven. From Catastrophic Breakdown by Ladon Osman in Exiles of Eden. The sunless sky is dimming. The empty houses of the south shore of green open water in the Court of Ravens stand dark against the starless horizon. Torchlight flickers off the troubled eddies of the black tongue. The wet smell of disturbed earth fills the air. Cicadas crawl back into the holes of their cypress trees. Strange-colored birds return to roost in lofty branches, singing their sad, warbling songs. And in the middle of this half-abandoned, salt-washed settlement, we see a single house, two stories, raised on stilts, filled with light and noise and the beer-drunk laughter of Wuhanian sailors. The Bait House. Four other houses surround this one. A building to the northwest, the northeast, the southwest, and the southeast, forming a square with the Bait House in the middle. Oka, Manaya, and V. The three of you lean against the Bait House, your weapons at the ready, scanning the other buildings. The four scientists from the Wuhanahi Research Laboratory have dispersed to the perimeter houses, eager to observe the monster, stalking green open water. Your attention snaps to the bridge that connects the south shore with the north. Emerging from the darkness are several familiar figures. Dewey, Rev, and Trout, as well as a handful of other dockhands native to the court, including Tiger. There's something in Dewey's feathered face that makes the three of you hesitate. And Trout looks terrified. The sky is getting darker. Within minutes, it will be night. The Hydra Flare, as Oka called it, that invisible, many-headed monstrosity terrorizing these innocent people, will soon strike. What do the four of you do? 
As soon as they come into view, Oka like shifts up from where they were leaning against the bait house, kind of snuffs their cigarette out with their heel and walks forward to meet them, like at a, a quick clip. Dewey's jogging along um, hurriedly. <laughs> he's trying to stay calm a little bit, but he's clearly frazzled. Uh, hey guys, uh, here's Rev. We, this is, the, uh, are you sure we want to take this thing head on? It's pretty scary. I saw it. Well, you saw it. Yeah. When? Where? Uh, it tried to attack Trout. A Trout, this teenage girl, she's standing there like wringing her hands, and you can see like on her knuckles, like her knuckles are torn from like many like years and months of of casting nets and being a dock hand. Uh, she's like wringing her fingers together, and she just goes, ah, "There's this horrible, huge shadow rearing up behind me, and then." I don't remember anything else. There was just this big flash of light, and oh, my head hurts. I don't even really... And then Dewey said something about a monster, but I don't remember seeing anything. What did you see, Dewey? Exactly. Tell me exactly what you saw. It just materialized out of thin air behind behind Trout, and I threw a bomb at it, and then it disappeared, but I don't think it's dead. I think it's coming back for us. Uh... I didn't see anything, and I turned around, too. All I... I didn't see it. All I saw was that huge flash of light when he threw that bomb thing. I swear it was there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe the darkness and the lights playing tricks on you, Dewey. I, I didn't see anything. Uh, but all of you can see that Trout does have like a rather disturbed look on her face. Like her brain's telling her one thing, but her body is having a panic response that she doesn't understand. Trout, why don't... Why don't you head inside and... Take it easy. Put your feet up. Try to get some rest. We'll be keeping watch out here, so nothing's gonna happen to you. Come on, Trouty. These outsiders don't know what they're talking about. Uh, says Tiger, this, like, rough dwarven woman, uh, from, from the South Shore. She, like, claps one, one hand on, on Trout's shoulder and then continues talking to her in, uh, raven speech, which I don't think any of you can understand. And then Trout responds, and they both look at each other and nod. Um, and unless the four of you have anything else to say to them, uh, Tiger's gonna attempt to guide Trout into the baithouse, basically where all the Uhan sailors are, as well as the remaining other dockhands from the South Shore. As they walk off, Dewey's like, he turns to the party and is like, I, I'm not kidding. I swear I saw something. I don't know. I thought Trout saw too, but... I believe you. I think the thing about this thing is that even if Trout saw it, she's probably seen it too many times. It's taken too many bites. I'm sure you saw it. It's good that you saw it. It means it's hungry. If it's hungry, it's desperate, which is better for us. And if you were able to see it without any other means to see it, that's very good, because I thought we wouldn't be able to see it. Based on what Dewey told me, this is Rev speaking, uh, she kind of smells like uh, smoke from putting out the fire, and you see that like some of her, her feathered like leather armor is like drenched a little. Dewey was telling me about it on the way over, caught only a glimpse of it, but it matches exactly what you described, V. The necks, the face, the claws, it's huge. There's no way Trout didn't see it, but if our if what you think is correct, then it's, it can mess with the mind seems to be able to erase itself from people's consciousnesses. But for some reason, it, it doesn't affect you. Gestures to you, V. Or you. Gestures to you, Dewey. Two of you can still remember what you saw. That's probably a good thing, but it's still a little bit concerning. 
if this is the god's idea of a joke. Trying to tell me that some sort of divine intervention is fated. And she sort of spits on the ground. Now what's the plan? Easy. Fate house. Oka gestures to the house. Light, sound, bodies, minds. We'll be waiting outside, trying to stop it before it gets in, or being there as soon as it does. Hold up. We can't let them take it back to the lab. Oh, don't worry, Dewey. We're not letting them take it anywhere. Oh, they seem like they want to. Uh, Mr. Kim, who has been standing nearby Oka this entire time, sort of like, like, like flicks at the brim of his hat, like revealing that one silver eye, you know, and the one gold eye. Uh, and he's got like a, a hand-roped cigarette clasped between his fingers, and he says, there's anything I know about these eggheads is they're definitely going to be taking this beastie home. Manaya crosses her arms and says, they'll have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. Look, I, I don't know what you've got against this thing, and frankly, I don't care. But I'm sure these eggheads can come to an agreement if you wanted to ask this thing questions or try to, you know, learn more about it. Yeah, just uh, let them have it after. They're pretty insistent on getting their way. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the bet, okay, pal? Just let us do our work and you can have what remains. Which probably won't be much. Oka, like, turns and mutters under their breath. Well, we'll see just how competent the four of you really are. See if I even need to step in to intervene in the first place. Though I have a, have a suspicion I might. And he sort of, he flicks the cigarette off, out of his hand. Benaya <laughs> walks up and says, This is my prayer. Help if you'd like, but it's mine. Like I said, whatever tragic backstory situation you've got going on over there, look, I've got plenty of scars too, okay? Plenty of skeletons in my closet. I'll let you have this prey, but you also have to know. And he sort of leans in and you can like smell the tobacco like off his like breath. You can like sort of like see like his eyes like glittering in like the, the low dark. The URL tends to get their way in the end. Trust me on this. Yeah, well, the URL can eat my fucking shorts, so shut it. He turns and sort of eyes you. Are you wearing shorts? No. He raises an eyebrow and you can see, like, one eye, like, lingering on your butt. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as, as that's happening, uh, Rev, <laughs> Rev just sort of goes, Dewey, you said something about other researchers. That can't be the only guy, right? He doesn't look very smart. And Mr. Kim, like, snaps his gaze around from, away from Oka's butt and says, Hey. And Rev just goes, Offense intended. Where's the rest of the researchers, Dewey? D- did you say that they dispersed to these four houses? And she gestures toward the north and the south, west and east. Mm-hmm. They're surrounding the bait house. So if we want to get the thing away from them, that'll, that'll be a little bit difficult. Dewey, this thing attacked Trout while it was separated from us. That means it has some degree of intelligence. If it's invisible, clearly it can see what we're doing here, right? Like, and all these people inside, sure, it's it's tasty, but if it knows there are people in the other houses, don't you think they're kind of... Uh, and as soon as she says that, uh, all of you sort of hear, like, some, some shouting, a little bit of commotion, coming from the Southwest building, which is where all of you saw Dr. Sato head off to. Uh, she was the half-orc woman with the braid, the very, like, enthusiastic and friendly one, right? All of you, like, hear, like, a, a, a scraping as, like, a window 
from that building opens and she's she's maybe like 30 40 feet away from you and you can see like her head like poke out of the window uh, and you can hear like some like like beeping noises from within from like some unseen device and some like random flashes of light occasionally like silhouetting her um and she just goes it's here it's here Manaya, we got this okay showtime uh, and with that, Dr. Sato points to the, the northeast building across, like, across the way from her. Uh, she goes, uh, I, I saw it flash on my monitor right over there. You have to go, do- Dr. Pelpone. She, she's in danger. Manaya nods at Oka and starts running. Dewey's making sure Trout is, like, off to the side. Not gonna get caught in the crossfire. Yeah, Trout and Tiger have both disappeared into the okay. bait house. They're like indoors, okay. like with the sa- and, and like as you went, like th- this happened like a couple moments ago. Like as they opened the door, you could like you got this like waft of like sailor musk, you know, and like salt drenched boots and whatnot, and like beer that they've cracked open, you know, and and whatnot. And then like they, they closed the door, and the sailors were like, ah, you know, it was like Tiger and Trout, and the rest of the court denizens came in. And Manai is also gonna look back and say, Rev. You with the funny eyes, watch the house. We'll be back in a moment. Mr. Kim just sort of goes, your funeral. Uh, but he like leans against the bait house and Rev sort of stalls and she goes, ah, are you sure you don't need backup? Are we sure we don't need backup? We'll call if we do. Stay safe. I know you can't technically die here, but it still wouldn't be easy to bring you back to life if your head's removed from your torso. Thank you for that charming image. Working now. Thank you. Or if you were, like, torn apart from the inside. We're gone. Rev. <laughs> or eaten alive. <laughs> okay, and, and Oka's gone at that point. All right, uh, so as the four of you draw up upon this northeast building, everything seems fine, you know? In fact, it seems quiet. Uh, almost too quiet. Uh, and as you approach, the four of you hear, like, a thumping from inside. What do the four of you do? I mean, Oka's right for the door, like... Manaya's there, getting her boot ready. I'm debating whether or not to just pull out the the true sight gem that uh, Dewey gave me. I'm going to have it at the ready if I need to look through it. Cool, sounds good. So Dewey and V, the two of you hang out from behind the door frame. Uh, but Oka charges in, followed quickly by, by Manaya. The two of you fling this door open. And you see something very odd. Uh, the furniture in this space has been pushed up against the walls, though that doesn't seem to be, like, because, like, something charged in and, like, destroyed it. It seemed to be, like, very purposefully pushed up against the walls. Likely Dr. Pelpone did that to clear a space in the center for herself. And Dr. Pelpone is in the center of this living space, uh, maybe the size of, like, a two, two-bedroom house, like, living room. Uh, and she is on her back on the ground, S- appears to be pinned down by something you can't See? Like she's struggling against what appears to be like an invisible assailant. Uh, doesn't seem to notice the two of you rush in. Oka, what do you do? I'm letting my culling edge like creep right from the elbow. Sounds good. Uh, Dewey V, you also see this from behind, from beyond Oka and Manaya's like bodies. What do you do? Dewey's gonna uh, gonna try and keep an eye on the windows, other exits possibly. But, like, stay within eyeshot of V and, uh, Manaya and Oka. Sounds good. Dewey, you see several windows made of glass. You also see from beyond, like, like a, like a ramp case leading up to a second floor. You're not sure if there's another door deeper within. If it is, it's probably on the other side of the house. Uh, what about you, V? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and cast minute meteors to make six orbs swirl around me. 
What does it look like as they spring into existence? I'm going to have each little ball of energy pop out of my glove and then swirl around me and they just get bigger and bigger until they're little fiery meteors. Heck yeah, you're like a sun and these meteors are moons orbiting around your planets and and we hear like a magical powers like emanating off of these meteors as they begin to like orbit around you. And in that moment, Oka, culling edge just rips off of your body like from the tattoo and like forms down your arm. And as that happens, all of you see Dr. Pelpone like pause and struggling. And I need all of you to roll initiative. We haven't gotten to fight anything in a while. 16. True. I got a three. Do we ain't doing shit. Okay, so Oka got an 11. What did Manaya get? 21. Wow, okay, 21. So Manaya will go first, followed by V, Oka, and Dewey. So Manaya, you go first. What do you do? You can't see anything except for Dr. Pelpone struggling on the ground. She's going to turn to V, who has the orb, and say, V, your orb, and just take a horizontal sweep above. I need you to make an attack roll with disadvantage, so roll it twice and take the lower number because you can't see this thing, technically. Eight. Okay, that is not quite going to peg it completely. So to the audience, we're doing something a little little different, a little cool with our combat. We're going to do something a little bit more experimental, a little bit more cinematic, a little bit more fast-paced and deadly. Uh, So, Manaya, you can go ahead and roll damage, but just know that an eight is not sufficient to hit, to to fully hit this thing. 12. Your axe catches on something invisible, right? Like it's like you swing it and then you meet resistance where your eyes expect to meet air above uh, Dr. Pelpone. And as you do, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like tough, whatever it is. It's like cutting into the side of like a rhino or something. It's really heavy and very dense and almost feels like muscular, right? But then you cut and then whatever the resistance is, it, it pops free and there's a flash of a, a horrific sight before you, before it vanishes, Manaya. Uh, you see this creature flicker briefly into existence, and you, for the first time, see it. It is large, is the first thing you notice about it. It almost fills the entire space. It's very big. It's maybe the size of, like, like a baby elephant or something. And there's, like, a central mass, central pale, fleshy, armored-skinned, like, mass that appears to be, like, its torso or something, from which extends eight necks long necks but they're very wiggly like not like stiff like a giraffe's but almost like a worm's like like they're moving like tendrils like eels like stuck like uh in like the the bottom of the ocean and at the top of each neck is a horrific like bold like pale face with like sunken hollow sockets and like big mouths with like sharp teeth like crying out you hear it now in like in like pain or agony and you see what you've done you have severed one of the necks black blood like sprays from that stump it's it's not red and the smell is hmm it's similar to the smell from those like hand creatures you fought while like protecting the quay it's similar to the smell of like those horrible chicken boys in our very first episode that you like slashed to death this thing is a cataclysm beast it is not from Andake. it is it is it is here to to to, to, you're not sure exactly why why they're here trying to wreck shit, but you do know that they're here to wreck shit, so you have to stop them. In that moment, you see all, all you know the remaining seven mouths are open, and you hear them screaming in a horrific chorus, <laughs> like it's all like discordant, like voices all mashing together, and then it's gone. It's not like it's turned invisible, right? There's no shimmer. There's no like illusion magic here. It's just gone. 
you're like, I know it's there, but your brain is telling you, nope, there's nothing there. It's not invisibility, it's just there and then it's not there anymore. And even though you saw the black blood spray everywhere and you see some of it on the ground, you, you, your brain almost can't compute the fact that the blood came from somewhere, right? But the good thing is something that helps like anchor you to reality. As soon as you, that, that severed neck with the head is on the ground. It like rolls through the air and it like hits onto the ground with a wet slimy thud and it like rolls away. Uh, Dr. Pelpone screams. Manaya, there is red hot pain uh, as what feels like something bites you. Something you can't see is chomping down on your arm. So why don't you roll 1d6 for me? Six. Okay, you're going to take five points of piercing damage and six points of psychic damage uh, from that bite. Okay. Manaya's at 69 health. Oh my god. Nice! 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 So we're done here, right? So we're done. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming to the stream. Didn't we beat D&D just now, Lynn? I think you did. You beat D&D. <laughs> so Manaya, uh, what is what are you gonna do? She's gonna take her extra attack to turn her axe around and with her left arm leading, do like an upward slice where she saw another head. Sounds good. So roll them bones. Twelve. A twelve is still not gonna quite hit it, but why don't you roll damage like we agreed? Seventeen. Okay, that is good. That is enough to take off another one of its heads. Uh, so oh, Manaya, it's still here. Okay. Yeah, it's still in the room. Yeah. So Manaya, why don't you describe to me what it looks like as you chop up? Like it only appears when you make contact with it. Let's say it only flashes into existence briefly. So what does it look like? Paint me a word picture. Manaya feels that searing pain. She maybe uh, yells a little bit. She's like, ah, spins her axe around and with her left hand leading, pulls the next strike up and cuts diagonally into the next head. All of you see for another brief moment, this this horrific monstrosity, like something that crawled out of the depths of a well in your nightmares, uh, flashes into existence, thrashing black blood sprays onto your body. Your face is plastered. It's like a squid, like squirting, squirting ink at you. And some of it gets on your nose and you smell like, it's odd. It smells like nothing, like nothing at all. And then it disappears and the, the wall in front of you explodes outward. Uh, like it's crashed through it completely. All of you like feel like a gust of wind come in. You see the starless dark night sky beyond it. You see like, you know, in the distance, maybe 50 feet away, that bait house. Like with the beer and the laughter and the mirth and the stories and the sailors and the people you're trying to protect right now. And all of you see like that debris like explode outward. And you see like in, in the grass and the mud indentations of like four large clawed feet and hands squelching its way right toward that bait house. I have an action surge. So she's going to book it forward. No, you don't. Attempt to grab at it and basically grapple it to the ground. Okay, so yeah, go ahead. Make a grapple check. Uh, that'd be a 17. So you launch yourself, like, without being able to see where this thing is, just forward. You're, you soar Manaya's, like, body, like, trench coat, like, flapping in the air, axe in one hand, and you feel like your 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 arms going around. It feels like two thick tree trunks moving and thrashing wildly under you, and you grab onto it. Your knees bump into something fleshy, but also kind of hard, which you ascertain is, like, like its torso, you know? And you begin to move, you know, as it's struggling against you, right? So with your action surge to grab its speed is zero. It can't move forward anymore. So are you like digging your heels onto the ground yeah. as you're preventing? Okay, cool. Into the you're, ground, yeah, you're, yeah. yeah. All of you see like Manaya like holding on to something barely like like her arms are like, oh, like straining. Uh, so Manaya, do you say anything as, as you're holding this thing? This thing uh, fast? Oka, other heads. There, go. Oka's on it. 
Sounds good. Uh, next, we go to V. Uh, yeah, V's gonna chase out of the whole uh, chrysalis cloak flying through the air. Is it making tracks from trying it, it, to pull out? Yes, it's definitely making tracks. You can see like gouges, like something's like rending the earth around it. You see like pebbles and like mud, like 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 kicking up yeah. all around Manaya. I'm gonna use my old friend I haven't used for a while, Chromatic Orb. Ooh, uh, we I'm miss her. Gonna, yeah, I know. I'm gonna cast that level two actually to add a little bit of damage die. I'm gonna mm. make a cold orb and just go ahead and uh, chuck it at what I think is the center of this body. With the disadvantage, it is 11. Okay, that's not quite gonna cut it. So how about this? Uh, you can roll damage as normal and then I'll give you your choice. 18. 18, cold, cold damage. Okay, that is sufficient, let's say, to freeze one of the next. But uh, here's the thing. This thing is either gonna be able to wiggle out of like Manaya's grasp or some of that frostiness is gonna splash onto Manaya as well. Your choice. I'm gonna let the frost damage hit Manaya. Transplanter RPG is a PvP for, enabled zone. For uh, a level two, it is 4d8. Okay, so roll 2d8 against Manaya. All right, I'll try to use my unlucky die. I'm gonna... <laughs> 10. Okay, 10. So, Manaya, you take 10 points of cold damage. All right, you got this. You got this, girl. You can absorb it. You're a tank. So, it's odd, right? Like, ice crystals form in midair and encase, like, in, like, a tube shape, you know, ending in, like, a round head. But it's encasing something invisible, something that you can't see, right? Like, he just formed an ice sculpture that's floating in midair, right? So, what does it look like as some of it splashes onto Manaya? The, the neck I hit starts freezing up, and but it's like thrashing around, and it ends up like thrashing itself like on Manaya's shoulder and spreading like on Manaya's shoulder a little bit. As the crystals are forming, right, invisible, and you can see it like it's freezing it. So like the part that it's freezing like can't move, but as it's like w- working its way up, this thing's like neck, the part that can move thrashes suddenly and collides with you just as it freezes. So icicles like sprout from your shoulder, forming almost like a spiky like pauldron made of like rime and frost uh, coming from coming from your shoulder yeah i'm gonna take my bonus action to throw two meteors uh, at this creature it is just a dex save i think it has disadvantage on dex saves because it's grappled uh so yeah it fails so what does that mean so it is going to take since there's two of the meteors a total of 4d6 damage of fire damage. Yeah, so roll that fire damage. Damn, go for it. That's a lot. 16 points of fire damage. That is enough to take out one of its necks. You choose. Do you want to like maybe like blast the frozen one and like have it explode, you know? Or do you want to like try yeah. to hit it invisible? Yeah, okay, cool. So describe yeah. to me what it looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah, so these two fireballs are, um, let's just get real cinematic where it's like we're spinning around and we're like, they're spinning opposite of each other and then they're going to collide right into this frozen thing and you just see it just shatter in an explosion of fire and ice parts and and the head flies all of a sudden the, it's in the head explosion appears. the head just flies yep. at the camera <laughs> yeah it flies yeah. <laughs> ooh it's like it's like oh transplanter 3D you put on your glasses everyone's munching like right. scruffs munching on popcorn in the back and whoa like drops drops exactly. the popcorn <laughs> okay yeah uh, this thing like lunges That's at the camera like we just cut to scruff eating in a pot in a movie <laughs> yeah, in a movie exactly <laughs> with 3D glasses on go like oh, oh that almost got me that's my scruff and impression and back <laughs> okay 
okay, yeah, then we cut back. Yeah, as you see, it's like the, the ice shatters and you see bits of like flesh, like disgusting, like encased in ice, like rain down and its head like like rolls off to the side and you see like it's like it's like bald, pale skin and its sockets staring like blankly and its big like teeth just ah like open as it's just dead on the ground. And you're also sprayed with some of this like this blood. And again, you notice it doesn't smell like anything at all. There's a, a specific absence of smell. So next up is going to be our lovely, dovely Oka Shmoka. All right, then. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I think maybe why it has taken them so long to move is that as they kind of are like running out of the shattered building, they're going to reach into one of the severed heads. I would like to use my brand of castigation. I'm basically trying to connect myself to it using my brand of castigation through its severed head. Yeah, I'll allow it. Fucking excellent. So Oka will like take the blood on their fingers and like make us like just like a circle on the inside of their lip as they like bite their cheek a little bit so the blood commingles. Like an arcane brand would like be seared into the inside of one of its mouths at least. And I will now know the direction of it, of like its body, of its heart, I assume. And anytime it damages any of my allies within five feet of me, it will take damage. And that does not require an action. As you draw this sigil, Manaya and V, the two of you outside on this thing, see like boom, like a, a, a seal appear in midair that's like moving. <laughs> that's like thrashing from side to side, like moving, but you don't see what it's attached to. So, Oka, describe to me what the seal looks like. It would be the same seal that they seared into their own chest, which would be two antlers crossed, uh, surrounded by a dragon. Very cool. What do you do now? Oka is going to fucking run right out of there and is going to like leapfrog over Manaya uh, and just kind of like stab down into it. And it's not a slice. It's like I'm trying to stay there, like with the idea that if I if the blade is still in it, it will like appear. Sounds good. And I think because you have brand castigation, you will not have disadvantage on this attack roll because you know where it is. 17. That hits it. Go ahead and roll that damage. And you also do what you set out to do, which is that little extra oomph, right? Because you hit it, which means you're able to, to hold on to it. And you're able to, let's say, instead of make it like appear all the time, it will flicker intermittently, you know, like a haunted house. And they're flicking the lights on, on and off. And like the, the chainsaw murderer fl- gets closer and closer and like jitters all over the place. That's sort of like the effect we're going for here. I don't have any of my Crimson Rites activated, so I believe it's only 15 points of damage. Okay, 15. Because you didn't target one of the heads, you don't take one of the heads off, but that means you're lodged, like, fully into its torso and you're riding this thing, like a bucking bronco. So, like, two of its heads, you can sort of see, like, Manaya off to the side is, like, is like anchored to the ground, and this thing is trying to thrash, but now it's got two of you on it. Like, you on its torso with, with your culling edge, like, planted into it like a flag, and Manaya, like, her arms straining, that pauldron of ice, like, melting a little, like, onto her neck. So, Oka, what do you do next? I want to use my bonus action to use my blood curse of binding. Sounds good. So what's the DC is trying to hit? 13. So I'll offer you a choice. It did make that save, but let's say it doesn't just mean like it doesn't work. Let's say it will either be unstable or temporary. You choose. What if I tied myself to it? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Like instead of binding it, I bind myself to it. So it can't buck you off? Yes. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> so what does it look like as you, as, you, as you tie yourself to this thing? The rope of its own blood and my blood, so like gold and black blood mixed together that like comes up from Oka's arm and like ties around their arm and also like, like goes up their shoulders and onto their body and around like whatever they can see of it until like they're basically like spider webbed together. 
I like that. I think maybe it's lassoed around the entirety of its torso and up like a couple of the heads, right? So you can kind of like guess where a couple of the heads are, you know, and and, and Manaya's got another two. So you, all of you now have a pretty good idea of what this thing looks like based on like the blood and the seal and Manaya and Oka, right? So let's say that it works. It now can't buck you off is what that means, is what you've done with your brand, uh, with your blood curse of binding. So is there anything else you do next? I have an extra attack. Jesus Christ. Okay, go for it. I think Oka just kind of like reaches in deep, deeper with, the, with their culling edge. So I will just 11. That won't be quite enough to hit it. But again, roll the damage and it will get a reaction. It will get to do something. It gets an opportunity. 13 points of damage for it on that one. Again, you're not targeting like a neck, right? You're like twisting it deeper in the torso. Okay, so instead of taking off a head, like taking off a fourth head, because I think that the, all of y'all combined have ta- taken three from the eight so far. What does it look like as you're gouging into its torso? I mean, it's gross. Oka's hand just goes deeper into into nothing. They just go deeper in. And like, I think the ropes, like, I don't know if they would be able to wrench their arm out of it at this point is maybe where that, like, the its save came from, you know, that it made the save on the Blood Curse of Binding, but they like get deeper in. And I think as you get deeper in, you're, you feel something, uh, something kind of like hot, but not like fire, almost like a divinity. And you realize a, a beat too late what it is as you're digging around in there. Uh, you can feel the pulsing, writhing, terrified mass of a bunch of trapped souls inside this thing. And your hand is like inches away from holding onto someone's soul. It's got dozens of souls packed into its body, like so many, Oka. So as the reaction that it gets, because you didn't quite hit it, uh, the opportunity that it's going to seize is it's going to wrench itself out of Manaya's grapple. Like, Manaya, you can't hold on any longer. Like, lactic acid is, like, coursing. This thing is, like, tough. This thing is, like, a fucking, like, wild stallion. You know what I mean? Like, two that you're, like, grabbing around their huge necks, right? Like, 30 hands big or however big of big horses. Is that too big, see? Way too big? Okay. Uh, so you let the 15 hands, whatever. Uh, and and the, the next, you can feel it. You can't hold on any longer. They wrench themselves out of your grasp um, and like rear up. It's it's gonna it's gonna start running. Uh, but Manaya, because it's moving out of range of you, you get an opportunity attack if you would like. Manaya is going to take out a knife. The self-same knife she used to cut her hair on the plains of the Republic of Talmud on their way to the Commune of Moroz. The self-same knife that she carved herself in memoriam of her mother. She's going to take the knife, draw it between her teeth, soaking it in saliva and the remains of a chewed up leaf that she's had in her mouth. Yell, stop, and plunge it into this beast. But before it that happens, those self-same golden veins crawl up her up her neck and down her arms, and her eyes glow green and orange. When she goes to stab this thing, she casts her first spell, Booming Blade. Baby's first spell! So how does that work? As part of the action used to cast the spell, you must make a melee attack with a weapon against one creature within the spell's range, which is five feet, otherwise the spell fails. On a hit, the target suffers from the attack's normal effects and becomes sheathed in booming thunder energy until the start of your next turn. If the target willingly moves before then, it immediately takes 1d8 thunder damage and the spell ends. So describe to me what it looks like as you plunge this knife into the necks that are breaking free of you. 
You know, like when you look right above a flame and the air is sort of wiggling and flickering a little bit? That happens uh, all across this, this creature, outlining the whole thing. And it shimmers just a little bit. 21 damage. From the knife? From the knife. Because okay. I add my strength modifiers and everything. Okay. It goes all the way down to the hilt. It's a deep stab, right? Because he deals so much damage from this one stab. If you want to, you can like punch your entire arm into this thing. I think instead of going deeper in, Manaya's going to like rake it across. Oh yeah, sounds good. You rake it across. And I think by doing so, you like snap off and you snap off a neck at the base. You fuck. You literally, like, with brute force, tear off one of its heads, like, connected to the neck at the base of its its throat. Uh, and it flies flies through the air like a fucking limp noodle, and it, like, like slams onto the ground, and it stops moving. And its entire body, just like you described, is encased in this glowing light. But even though you say stop, right, and all of you hear Manaya's voice, but there, it's like a double voice. There's, like, another voice underneath it that sounds exactly like the Princess of Leaves as you speak. Um, and this thing seems to, like, be frozen in, in place for like a second and then the light shatters off of it as it moves, right? So why don't you roll damage for the thunder damage? Six thunder damage. Cool, sounds good. So that is another head removed as like this like thunder damage ricochets off of it. Oka, you're also like blasted a little, but I'm not gonna have you take damage because it was a crit from Manaya. Like the light around it like shatters like lightning. It's like a like a sonic wave coming off of its body. All eyes are turned to Manaya as like your hair. I think there's like a, a wind like gusting around you. I don't even know if you're aware of it. And like with, like the spare like random like dead leaves are like circling around you, right? Like from the four in the back and they begin to like settle down and all of you see like like Manaya is like glowing like gold and green and there seems to be like like a, a second like shadow form like coming off of her body that looks like a uh, like a almost like a, a young girl's like riding on her riding on her shoulders and then the form like disappears in like a smell of like springtime uh, and forest and now like the camera pans over through the hole right past you know Dr. Pelpone like prone on the ground like past that like like severed head that that Oka just sort of like used used their blood magic against and now framed against the open door of this cabin Dewey you stand there you see all this shit happen what do you do there's just like a look of absolute horror on his face yeah we like zoom um, in like a quick like whoop. He, like, reaches for a sword and then thinks better of it. And then he reaches for his uh, wrench, the big giant wrench that he has, and then thinks better of it. Um, <laughs> Is there, like, a montage where you just, like, dig through your things? He's just, just like... Sword, wrench, apple, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, so then he goes into, um... He goes into his bag, and he's just got his bag open on the ground, digging through it as they, like, had this fight, I guess. He pulls out his water skin and his bottle of ink. Uh, from his quill. Okay. And he, he dumps the ink into his water skin and then he goes flying above the Hydra Flare as he's overhead and can see like Minaya and Oka, like their arms around it. Um, so you can kind of see where it is. He dumps the bottle of, <laughs> of ink over top of this thing, hoping to serve as like a non-magical way for other people to see this thing. Oh, that is really smart. Uh, very inventive. Dewey, why don't you take a point of personal inspiration for that? Uh, I've had 30 minutes to think about this. I know. <laughs> so this is your grand plan. Okay. <laughs> to see how successful it is, why don't you roll a sleight of hand dexterity check for me? You're in Aarakocra where your hands are your wings, right? So you don't have wings and then arms. So you're like you're like flying with one wing as you're dumping, right? Like 
using my feet or something. I don't Ew. know. Okay, yeah, sure. Dewey feet picks when. Okay, Dewey, your your talons are holding on to this ink ink pot, and you dump it as you're like flying overhead. So tell me what you get on that ability check. I got an eighteen. An eighteen. That you do what you set out to do. What in particular are you targeting? I think he is trying to because he's doing it from pretty high up. Um, he's trying to catch like a, a head or a neck in the process, but. It's probably just going to splash down on mostly on the torso um, because that's what you can see Oka and Minaya. Well, you got an 18, so you will accomplish what you set out to do pretty soundly here. Uh, so let's say with an 18, you're able to get two, like splash it on like two heads that haven't been taken yet. Okay, so like two heads, like and a little bit of their necks are now visible to you and the rest of your team. That's like thrashing around, like splatter. You can't tell what's like, it's black blood, like splashing onto the ground and what's the ink. So is there anything else you do? Let's say that consumed an action. It's trying to go towards the bait house. Um, it appears to originally be setting out for the bait house, but after Manaya like ripped like a, what is that? Fourth like neck from its body. It just seems to be like pissed off. You know, you you take one look at this thing and it's it's going it's about to go berserk is what it's what's about to happen. Hell. How, <laughs> how far away is the bait house? Uh I described earlier about 40ish feet away, so this thing is pretty big. It could probably make it there. I could also make it there. You yeah. could, yeah, okay. with your flying speed. I'm hoping that there's a window or something open on the bait house and Dewey's going to keep flying overhead of uh over the hydro flare and then go straight for that window, try and like uh, going through the window, and then he's gonna like uh, poke his head out with like a crossbow, um, <laughs> trying to keep trying to keep his eyes on it. Um, but he's also ready to like slam the window shut. Not that I mean it just burst through a wall, but he's trying to keep the people inside the bait house. Uh, Dewey, after you dump this ink over this thing, you begin to fly off toward the bait house. Are you like calling out warning or anything like that, or are you just gonna go in like like focused? Uh, focused. He's not used to having to alert other people. Dewey, as you fly toward the bait house, you could feel like the earth tremble a little under underneath you, even though you're in the air. As Oka, Manaya, and V, the three of you see this thing like, like it's invisible, right? It, it can't be perceived aside from like what's covered in ink and the seal, you know, still branded in one of inside one of its cheeks. And like there's huge claw gouge marks just whoosh, 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 like uh, across like the muddied ground. And it seems to be making a beeline straight for the bait house, right? Uh, and it seems to be going like faster and faster. And do you're flying, right? You're a couple feet in front of it, but you can see this thing like traveling on the ground underneath you. You foo, you soar through sure enough an open window, right? And you as you go in, you see like uh, all the sailors have set up like like cards, you know, like some of them are in the, in the corner, like playing dice, you know, there's like, like laughter and like talking all around. Like they don't seem to have noticed this huge battle happening like outside. And as soon as you burst in through the window, like one of the sailors goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. As you roll, you roll and you like pull out your crossbow and you mount it like on the window frame. They go, hey, wait, wait, what's the big deal here? And you, there. you hear Trout go, what? What's out there? What, what's going on, Dewey? One of the other sailors says, hey, this is just... Yeah, you don't have to be so high strong, but we don't see any monster or anything. Here, have a drink. Do you not feel it? The ground shaking? What ground shit? And then it's like the Jurassic Park moment, right? Where like they, they, they're like holding like a mug of beer and then they see that you see the beer like. And like, dude, you're standing there and you see this thing like coated and then coming at you. And while this is happening, Manaya and okay, you're strapped to its back. So you're moving with it. And it. It seems to rear up. Oka, you feel yourself like going vertical, you know, as you're like on this thing, and it's only because of your blood that you're you're still attached to it. It it comes down, 
and it's gonna wreck the bait house. It's it's next. It's just like a like a rampaging dinosaur. It's just gonna. So I need all of you to make a dexterity acrobatics save. So if you have proficiency in acrobatics, you can add it. Got a 20. 18. Eight. A 14 from Oka. So Dewey and V, the two of you make it. Uh, on a success, you are able to dodge out of the way of this thing's like rampage, like destroying this building. And you'll only take half damage. Uh, but Dewey, because you got a 20, you get to choose choose a following boon. You get to either resist or avoid all the damage, so not take any damage at all, including half, or you get to somehow impress, surprise, or provoke this monster, or you get to create an opportunity for your allies as you dodge out of the way. Um, are the other people in the house going to make this save? Because I would like to... They will They will definitely not. So you can wow. create an opportunity by like trying to keep them safe. Yeah, so Dewey's, uh, he sees it coming through the window, and okay. he um, basically tries to get everyone to the far side of the house, because where else are we going to go in the three seconds it's going to take? So he's just, like, <laughs> flapping his wings at people, like, shoving them, shoving these sailors. Um, hey, watch what you're doing! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, as you're shoving them, okay. And then I assume, like, <laughs> the monster bursts in and, like, crushes the table they were just sitting at. <laughs> Yep, it destroys the wall, crushes the table, but because you've been flapping like your wings like crazy and you, you're, all the sailors are like, what's up with this, with this Aarakocra? You know, but they're like backing away from you. You know, you save their lives. You save them from getting crushed by like falling wood and, and like invisible claws and thrashing unseen necks as it, it destroys half of the bait house, right? Like half of it, it's like bisected down the middle, but you and all the other sailors and, you know, um, all the other dock hands of the court are like like pushed to the to the room remaining standing part of, uh, of the building. So Dewey, you're still going to have to take half damage though, because you didn't choose to ignore the blows. So let's say like as as its claws and bodies, like a body like smashes down, like some of the debris hits you and you as well, V, let's say some of it like splashes outward and lands on you. The total damage, which Oka and Manaya are going to take, you're going to take the full damage of this. Uh, I'm going to roll for it. 14 bludgeoning damage is the full, so seven on a half. Uh, it's also going to take two points of damage from harming others. Uh, the brand is going to like be seared deeper into its cheek. Sounds good. Manaya and Oka, can you remind me what you got again? Uh, 14, I think. Okay, you're fine. Eight. And eight. Yeah. Okay, and eight is kind of is kind of far from the DC. So that, I'm going to count it, similar to Dewey's a massive success, I'm going to count that as kind of a massive failure. So, Manaya, I need you to choose one of the following. A valuable weapon, item, or piece of equipment on your person is seized, lost, or destroyed. You endanger an NPC with your incompetence, or you're going to give your opponent an opportunity. As Manaya was pulling back for another attack with her dagger against its tough skin as it moved sort of jerkily and maybe a little unexpectedly, uh, the knife, which is made for carving and cutting thread and hair, uh, not meant for stabbing. Maybe like a, a good 75% of it gets chopped off. gets like yeah, it breaks, breaks off. Sounds good. Yeah, you. this is the knife you have an emotional attachment to, right? It was, what, did you say it was your one of your mother's? Carved in memoriam of Mali. Sounds good. This creature, which you're pretty sure is responsible for your parents' demise or missing nature, its body breaks the knife that reminds you of your mother that he had carved in memory of them. Um, and as this happens, like, how do you feel, Manaya, as this knife, like, breaks under your hand? Manaya was angry before, and but more than angry, she was determined to get information, to know where her parents are, right? Uh, all of that determination of subdue the monster, get the information, is just gone. 
and she is the closest you'll get to one of those like optimal cishet white men D&D murder hobo D&D characters that you'll ever see her. She's not holding back anymore. Sounds good. As soon as the knife like breaks, you're just like, that's it. This thing, this thing is going down. Uh, at the end of the monster's turn, it needs to make another strength saving throw against a 13 for the blood curse of binding. Uh, it makes it. What does that mean? Okay, then I think the same thing. Oka is still kind of stuck to it, but it doesn't. It can move and it can use reactions. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Yeah. So Oka, you're, you're this entire time you're like riding it. And you're like trying to like like pull it back, right? But you can't. It's it's just too strong. And your 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 arms are maybe like flaring a little as you as you pull onto it from like the blood the blood rains. Let's say from the roof. Uh, all of you here need some help. Uh, sort of like silhouetted like against the darkness uh, you see Mr. Kim like he's sort of like perched there almost like like Batman or like he had gotten up onto the roof somehow um, and he like he's looking down he sees this huge caved in part of the roof like the invisible monster thrashing you know the sailors and the dock hand screaming and then he, he draws the longsword that is like strapped to his back like in one fluid motion and he jumps off and he's gonna like sort of spin through the air and cut at one of the ink-soaked necks, and he's gonna land next to you, Dewey. And then, like, there's, like, a moment where, like, nothing happens, and then it's sort of, like, you know, like a like a samurai movie, you know, and then it's, like, <laughs> and, like, like, the neck, like, comes off, and <laughs> like, falls onto the ground and rolls off. Uh, so, <laughs> so now this thing, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of its heads have been taken, there are three left. One has a seal in it, one is drenched in ink, and one is still invisible. Uh, so, next is actually uh, Rev... <laughs> All of you sort of hear her go, hey, 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 what? And she, she comes out from uh, around the other side uh, and she's sort of like approaching. She's she's close to where you are, V. And she's got like her, she's got her whip drawn, you know, like it's like, you know, like it's unfurled in like one hand. And she's like, she's like grabbing onto it. She goes, is, is that, is that the, is that the thing? What the fuck do you think? <laughs> and without, without anything else, uh, she's going to like unfurl her whip and, and lash at the other, um, the one, let's say, that, that, that is invisible. She's going to do her best, so it's at disadvantage. So she, she like, narrows her eyes and she lashes this whip forward. And her, her aim is true. Like, the whip, like, curls around that invisible neck as she pulls on it hard, hard, hard. And the neck pops off. Like, the whip, like, it has, like, serrated edges, right? So she just, like, she just, like, she just, she rips it off. Uh, and, like, the neck flies over your head, V, and lands behind you with a heavy thud. V bites her lip a little bit and blushes, and that's... that's yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to say to that, V? Or are you just gonna <laughs> blush a little? No, I think there's gonna be a just... Oh, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, good God. That's okay. it. That's it. You know what? I'll give you inspiration for that. Um, so there are two heads left, one with the seal and one that's still drenched in ink, I believe. All of you here from like sort of like outside, like behind you, uh, the familiar kind of hollow, tired voice of Dr. Ting. Just sort of go, stop, stop. It's, it's, it's subdued enough. Let us capture it. Uh, and you see that Dr. Ting is next to Dr. Uh, Sato and Dr. and another doctor who hadn't introduced himself yet, as well as uh, Sato sort of like supporting Dr. Pelpone, who seems like maybe they were like she was like minorly injured by the attack, but she's mostly okay. Dr. Ching is standing in front and is holding some sort of device in his hands that you don't really recognize. Um, and all four of them are standing in front of like a larger device that none of you recognize. Um, but Dewey, because of your training with the URL, it's got like a wide flared base and it looks 
technological, and then it sort of like uh, uh, op- like the top or opens up almost like a flower, and there's like sort of like a glowing thing inside. And Dewey, you recognize this as like a a multi-purpose tool uh, that is that is sort of has been developed by the URL to subdue like creatures and like entities is what they call them that they're interested in studying. So like this thing has like some sort of function that it can do to like use to like capture this this monster somehow, but you're not quite sure how it works because I don't know if that was your specialty. So Dr. Ching's standing there being like, stop, let us take over. Uh, what do the four of you say to that? As this creature is still sort of like, like shaking and raging. Does that look subdued to you? The, the four of you have done a fine job. We'll take care of the rest, okay? Let us take this thing back to the URL, all right? And everyone here will be saved. Let me know when I can attack again. Manai's going in for a full axe. So you're, you're not going to say anything to, to, to this, this person? Uh, she'll glance over with death in her eyes sneers, draws her axe, and goes in for an attack. Okay, you're just gonna ignore him. Oka is literally on it, so whatever they would do to it, they would do to them, Uh, and I think that there is, like, something in their face that makes that clear. You know, they, like, turn to face, almost, like, instead of their riding it, they are, like, they turn and shield it, and I don't know if, uh, they, the next thing that they would do is let their wings out, but I think for now they're like, you can have it when we're done with it. I think V's going to turn to Manaya and be like, Manaya, you know what to do. You get no response from her. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Uh, Dr. Ting can see that the four of you are not ready to let this let your prey go quite yet. Uh, Dr. Ting sort of goes, oh, that's too bad. Dr. Sato, is the entity subdued enough for us to use the device? Dr. Sato goes, ah, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's 50-50 at this point. We probably have to winnow it down a little bit more. Dr. Ting just goes, fine. Uh, and at that point, all of the sailors uh, and the people who are like in the building, um, the dockhands are like, they're like, we're fuck it, we're getting out of here. So all of them sort of turn and they begin to flee as this is happening. They like go out like the front door. Like Trout is like, I'm sorry, Dewey, but I'm not staying for this. Uh, turns and oh. runs, you know, and like t- you see like Tiger like grab a couple of beers and, like in, in like her hands and she's like running off. And the other sailors are, are they're j- they're jetting out of there. They're fleeing. They're absolutely their courage is breaking. They're getting out of there. Uh, so as that's happening, you decide to turn down the URLs offer to some attempt to do this thing and we'll go back to the top of the order. Manaya with V and then Oka then Dewey. So Manaya, what do you do? Manaya's going to aim for the base of like where these heads sort of converge. Out of the spells that I chose, because I'm a warlock. Uh, I also chose Green Flame Blade, which is the same thing as Booming Blade. But instead of locking it in place, it I can deal 1d8 damage to a different target. Could I count its heads as different targets and be able to attack it and then have the green flame attack the head? head? Sure. Yeah, let's say I'll allow that. Okay, it's um, got, it appears to have two heads left. Uh, one that is still like sort of drenched in ink and one that has like a glowing seal on the inside mm-hmm. of its invisible cheek. The glowing hasn't subsided all that much, but it comes back with a renewed vigor as her eyes glow uh, green this time. And she pulls her back, her axe back, and goes for like a strike, just like at the, like the base of the necks. Go for it. Roll, roll to attack. That is an 18 to hit. Okay, that is a full success. Uh, 14 damage. Okay, 14 damage. Which uh, head in particular are you trying to target? The one with the seal or the ink one? Uh, the one with the ink. Yeah, as you could, you, you you sever it clean off. So as Manaya's axe is soaring through the air, the golden energy sort of goes down her arms and into her axe and sort of coats the sharp end of her axe. 
gonna flavor it as almost like there's a larger blade right next to it that you can only see because as it flies through the air, uh, there are leaves materializing and being pushed out of the way as the axe cleaves this head off and the leaves sort of swirl together and fly almost like knives uh, at the second head. How much damage does that deal? It's gonna deal seven slashing, slashing? or piercing damage. Okay, yeah. They go, they like lodge themselves up like the length of the neck. They don't like take it off. I don't think that that damage was quite enough, but they do like lodge themselves. And you can, all of you sort of like, as the, the second to last head comes off, the entire creature flickers into being. Like it can no longer sustain whatever like displacement or like or whatever kind of fucked up void magic it was using to like to like make it like eclipse like form an eclipse in, in your in your perception. The whole thing and all of you see like seven stumps of like various lengths that are just sort of like splurting inky black blood. You see like its its entire body is like pallid, pale, kind of like clammy flesh, and its remaining head has like those leaves stuck into it. Uh, you can see like the glowing seal on the inside of its cheek and all of you see something else. Dewey, you recognize it first. That's like almost like a, a it has an ear, right? It has like ears that almost look like freakishly human, right? Uh, but it has like a tag. Almost, You're like, is that an earring? Like on one of its ears for a moment. And then you realize that the tag has a logo on it. Uh, and Dewey, you recognize the logo as the URL's logo. And you know what the URL does with entities that it, it's interested in researching? They sometimes tag them and, like, send them out into the wild. Sort of like how how scientists, like, tag penguins and whatnot. Uh, An yes. extra attack. Okay, are you going to declare this non-lethal, or are you going to try to kill this thing? No, I'm killing this thing. Manai is killing this thing. Okay, just so you are aware of the consequences, you will not be able to interrogate it for answers about where your parents might be. This is a character choice. Okay. Okay. I'm going to try to chop off the leg. Okay, so the freaky thing about its uh, legs as you look down, as they flutter into existence, is that they look like human hands. Like, all four of them with, like, really long, like, jagged nails that were what was, like, gouging. It's got two front okay. legs and two back legs, but they end in hands instead of, like, yeah, hooves or claws. Manai's on, on its right side. She's gonna go for the front right one. Front front right hand. Okay, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So make that attack roll. Um, that's gonna be a 12 to hit. Okay, that does not quite do it. Uh, so okay. it will have, it will have, it will get an opportunity. Uh, so roll damage as usual. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, thirteen points of damage. You sever its hand, right? Like clean off. Whoosh, the hand sort of like flat, and it sort of like goes down. You know, and Oka, you're like on its <laughs> back. Like you also like shift downward, and then in response, because it, it could sort of, you know, it has it stopped thrashing and it's just sort of like breathing, like. <sighs> And like blood is like coming, like black blood is it's 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 pale flesh is almost completely covered now in its own obsidian blood, void, void ichor. And then it all of you just sort of like see this thing shiver, and Oka, you're on top of it. It's like an earthquake. It's like sh shuddering, shuddering, shuddering. Uh, and Doctor Chin goes, "Wait, no!" And then I need all of you to make a wisdom insight save. Ten for V. Twenty-one for Oka. Wonderful. Twenty-one for Oka. Oh, Dewey, why do you look like you're crying? Roll <laughs> the fucking natural one. Nat one! Or Would this be interesting if I failed it? Oh, it'd be so interesting, Dewey, I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Manaya, what did you get? Uh, eight. Eight, okay. Dewey, are you going to take that nat one or are you going to re-roll it with an inspiration? i take the nat one. Hell yeah. Okay, so all of you except, Man except Oka failed. So Oka, you succeed. 
Uh, I'll describe it from your perspective first. Okay, you're on top of this thing, arm deep, feeling the squirming souls inside of it, right? And then it's odd. It's like, like your vision goes like black for a moment, right? And then it's like, you can't see anything for like half a second. And then it's the oddest sensation ever, Oka. It's like someone's opened up your brain painlessly, right? And now their like fingers are like massaging onto your brain and they're trying to probe deeper and deeper. Like you could feel these fingers begin to grow like fingernails and they're trying to gouge deeper into your consciousness, but you're able to fight off the psychic probing. How? It's the repression, babes. Uh, I think it's probably Vinash, actually. I think it's the fact that they, that Vinash is lingering in their mind. That is like a wall, like a wall of lightning and fire. I like that. This psychic wall of lightning and fire repels the probing, right? You could feel Vinash in your in your body, like flare up in rage and protect you from whatever this thing is. But the rest of you are not so lucky. Uh, so what we have here is let's do V and Manaya first before we do Dewey. Dewey got an at one, so I'm not going to give you a choice. But V and Manaya, you failed, but I'll give you a choice. You can either refuse to give ground to this probe, but take a massive amount of damage, or you can succumb and see what happens. And when I say massive, it's, it's gotta be pretty big. When I was taking um, the damage, no okay. question. Great. Um, v, let, let's go the opposite way for V, let's uh... Succumb to the probe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, sounds good. This like the psychic probing. Okay, so let's do you first, Manaya. What are you at? 45. Okay. Just over half. Uh, do you have a dice roller, like an online? You could use Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got it. So roll 10d6 for me. The total is 24. Cool. That great. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. You got this. Walk this off, champ. Okay. So, as th- these probes try to like dig into you, it's really painful, Manaya, and you can feel it searching in your consciousness. And as you feel it searching, the blackness flitters as you see memories, like memories from you know just a few weeks ago of you traveling with your companions, and then phew, of you at like Doctor Luso's house. Phew, you're in Dabathati. You're like facing off against Vinash inside of Rafi. You know, like now you are in the monster fighting pits next to Rev. And then now you're like, you know, in the Badlands, you know, traveling. And then you're you're inside a butte. You see, you see, you know, fucking Dalapathy Sayid, you know, and, and, and his husband. You go back all the way back to before the cataclysm. You're in so Manad with your with your crew where you've docked. And before that, you're you're on the ruffled turn. And then before that, you are a you're a child, you know, on a dock. And then before that. You, you see your, your, your mothers and your father uh, standing, it's so fuzzy, like in a cabin. Your mom, one of your moms is saying something to you, like a lullaby, a song, and then how do you push the probe out? As these visions are flickering, Manaya notices that she's getting distracted. Uh, she sort of wills this like ball of energy, basically, to repel out of her. Is the princess of Leaves ev- helping you? I don't think so. But every inch that this ball takes, uh, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It's really painful. That's where the like the twenty something psychic damage comes from. So you are like physically like like your brain. It's like the worst fucking headache you've ever experienced. Like splitting as you're like forcing these psychic daggers out of your skull. V, uh, you're like this hurts so much. Just get it over with, right? Like as this thing's plunging into you, and you can feel it. Just like Manai, you feel your memories like like fluttering past you. You can see it like through your eyes, like. There's like shuddering past you like a camera, like going through like a camera very, very rapidly. Uh, and the probes land on one memory in particular. What is it? It is one that is important to you. Right. Let's go 
actually to the memory uh, of Rev kissing V. Yo, okay, okay, I'm gonna give you inspiration for that. Yo, okay, I did not expect that. <gasps> okay, okay. All right, we land on that memory, and it's like, it's like, you know, the claws grab it, and they yank it out of you. And as soon as that happens, you're like, whoa, you're, it's, it's super disorienting. It's like, there's like, literally like a gap in your memory, but then like your brain can't fathom what's happened, so it stitches like the what happened before to what happens after. So you remember going into Rev's, you know, room, talking to her, and then you remember leaving. You don't remember anything else. And then your brain stitches that together, and the pain is gone as it recedes from you. You reel backward. Mm-hmm. Dewey, what is the memory that the, the, the Hydra Flare takes from you? There's a memory of Dewey leaving the URL. He's just finished a months-long project, one that has taken him away from his family. Um, he hasn't seen them the whole time. Um, and he's excited. He's happy to finally have taken some time off. During this time, he's written like a letter to his wife, um, kind of like apologizing for not being there and promising to make it up to her. And for the first time in a long time, he feels excited, happy. Um, and I think he forgets the whole trip home. And all he remembers after this is opening the door to an empty house. That is the memory that's snatched by this creature. And then just like that, like the, the your brain can't comprehend. So it stitches past and future uh, together. And then as, as, as the claws recede, because you got a nat one, you're also going to be taking that damage. Uh, so I need you to roll 10d6 for me. Uh, 42. 42. Okay, Ooh. does that bring you down to zero? <laughs> How are you doing? I had, I had 43 hit points. <laughs> <laughs> now one, baby. Worked out for me. Oh my god, you have one the hit ones. point left? Okay, I love that. Uh, so, Dewey, what do you look like as as this, this psychic probe leaves your, leaves your brain? I think Dewey just collapses to the floor. Um, he looks like he's basically dead. He looks like he's not even, like, trying to hold on to... He's not struggling. He just falls to the floor like a sack of bricks. Yep, but you're still you're still alive, thank God. But you do, uh-huh. you do fall prone. I like that. Okay. And now, we go back to Manaya. This happened in a split second after you chopped off its, like, front right hand. And then now your head is splitting. Do you have any actions left? No, I do not. So you're standing there, your head is just like... You know, like it hurts so much, right? But you're you're still standing, bitch. Uh, and now we go to V. Rev runs over to you with like a whip out. She touches your shoulder. Maybe that's what like jolts you out of it. She goes, V, V, are you okay? And I look at Rev and like I obviously still know who Rev is. Right? Yeah. You, There's you, this like you're aware strange of sensation of like I have this feeling of affection, but I can't quite place. And it's but also like I d- don't because I don't. No, like I just don't know why like I'm just feeling some feelings when I look at Rev and I don't but I can't quite place what it is or what's going on so how does that make you react when she is clearly uh, being like compassionate toward you V is stumbling in words just um, I think I'm alright uh, thank you for helping me Rev and just like V is struggling to like why is it why is Rev like suddenly running to V. Like, it just doesn't... There's just... Nothing is adding up right now. I think I'm going to continue to, like, get off the fog, see what's happening over with the creature, 
and be like, all right, you know, we need to take care of this thing once and for all. We need to put this thing out of its misery. Um, gonna pull up two meteors and also at the same time call a another chromatic orb level one uh, out of her glove and start juggling them. And um, <laughs> it's the clown coming out. <laughs> right. But like. <laughs> Her hands are never actually touching either the meteorites or the orb, but definitely doing the, the juggling motion. And um going to flick the chromatic orb out. And for the sake of clarity, I would like to just do that attack and possible damage before. Because I would also like the meteors to then at the same time, like as that's hurtling at a medium pace, that'll give me enough time to take the, the meteors and as a bonus action, fling them around till they hopefully like all three kind of meet the monster meet the monster's the neck time. like sort of in the middle mm, okay yeah. are you trying to kill this thing or are you trying to declare it non-lethal no i'm gonna take this mother out okay sounds good so roll, roll for attack right yep so this is for the chromatic orb 22 <laughs> the attack. yeah that, that hits so with a 22 because it, it hits that ac uh i'll let you do what you set out to do which is to have them all meet at the same time before you do damage let me do that save because it's simultaneous okay it fails so why don't you roll okay. damage simultaneously for all three? 16, 21, 28 points of total fire damage. Okay, that's enough to kill it. Uh, so describe to me what it looks like. So yeah, the chromatic orb is going to come at it. At the same time, V is going to throw the two meteors around, curveballs, and it's going to meet right in the middle and just make a giant fireball you can hear the creature rolling around in fire screaming it is it's burning burning to a crisp i'm going specifically like just for the neck and like if that can just like and the head just like falls off okay yeah cool sounds yeah. good i think that's what happens uh yeah it's charred and okay you're like you're like underneath this as like bits of like flaming flesh come raining down on you and like bits of charred mortar uh and then the head just crumbles and it lets out just a an inhuman, horrifying screech, and then it, the head head falls off from the neck, and it it smashes into ash against the ground, leaving nothing but that tag behind. And as it's like wavering on its like unsteady legs, right? Uh, v, do you do anything else? Well, I've got two two meteors left. And I'm just gonna throw them up like really high in the air, and it, even though this is like magic and they they aren't actually affected by gravity, it's like they go up, they slow, they go back down, and then one. Goes back in my palm. The other one goes back in my palm. I'm just like, okay. Oddly enough, this thing is like, it's still moving, sort of like a chicken with its head heads cut off, right? So now I think it's Oka's turn. Oka's like, why are we killing it? Why are we killing it? They are going to reach inside deeper, and they're gonna try to grab the bag. I'm gonna use my action to release my radiant soul almost trying to sh to shield it like mostly from the URL but a little bit from like not from my fellow party members but like shielding it like from the URL with their wingspan using like the force of them trying to take off like they're still tied to it they're trying to hold onto the bag and fly up into the air away as as much as they can and if that means that the body kind of slops off and they keep the bag that is fine because I figure it's so pretty, gross. pretty heavy. 
It's like you're peeling a kiwi. Okay, yeah, so Radiant Soul, because of that devil's bargain. That was so long ago, Connie. That was so long ago. I have paid for that devil's bargain in blood for like seven sessions now. That was the end of arc one, Connie Chong. Okay, pay for it one more time. So just roll, roll your crimson right die one more time as the wings spring out of your back. Fucking fuck, it was a six. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, so yeah, what does it look like as, as this happens? Their wings are less immaterial than they were before. Like before they were a little bit see-through at the ends, but now it's just like they, like Oka has cut holes in the back of their shirt to allow like the wings to spurt out. Uh, and wings that can carry a human being are huge. So they like come out, you know, now that it is in existence, again, like just kind of like shielding and then they go one, two and pull up as hard as they can. Yeah, I think it just works because you have a special feature, Radiant Soul. So you you grab onto like like the top of what you can like ascertain is like the soul bag, and it's disgusting. Uh, it's like you peel a kiwi and you you just take the fruit out, right? So the rest of its body sort of sloughs off the sides as you just like like squick this flesh bag out from inside its like torso, and the rest of the torso like sort of like falls to the ground like a pair of worn jeans, you know, like jeans that are too big for you, just sort of falls down like a pile of skin and flesh. Yep, and just this, there's a ton of black blood just everywhere, just spurting, just squicking, uh, just coming down in a torrent of, of chunks and flesh, and you fly up into the air, and this bag is like, it's it's the biggest one so far. It's like half your size, Oka. It's 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 also heavy, like souls are dense. It doesn't really have a, like a solid form. Like it's not like it's filled with water or like like a bunch of plastic balls or anything. It just keeps it keeps changing form, this bag. Like there's like something amorphous inside of it trying to get out. So what do you do? I am getting the fuck out of there. Using, I think, like the rope, like as its body sloshes off, by the way, disgusting, Connie, those like rope and like the blood rope uh, goes to the bag. Like again, like kind of like pinning it, like almost like making it a backpack against their torso even though like it's squirming around uh, and they are taking it and they are flying up, up and away, like from the URL specifically. Okay. Um, and they are like, you know, like they whistle kind of down at the party and like they're, they're, they're going, they're getting away so that hopefully we can do something with this without the fucking URL bothering us. Okay. Okay. As you take to the sky, sure enough that you hear the URL folks like, Behind you, they're picking themselves off the ground. It seems like they have also been like attacked by that psychic blast. And you see one of them, let's say Dr. Sato is sort of crouched over Dr. Pelpone, who's on the ground, like prone, like not moving. And Dr. Sato is like shaking Dr. Pelpone. And the um, fourth researcher who you haven't been introduced to yet is sort of like, like, ugh, like rubbing, like rubbing her the back of her head. And Dr. Ting seems to have also survived the blast, but he's like, he's bleeding heavily from like a nose and like from his ears. And he just goes, no, stop, stop, come back. Damn it, you killed it! If there was a head left, maybe the last head that had it, Oka's incision in it, could they have picked that up too? No, it was charred to bits by V, remember? It was yes. like turned to soot. <laughs> that is fair. How about a, diff- a, a head that was close to them? Could they have picked that up perhaps? Sure, let's say there was like an in- the invisible head that uh, Rev squicked off, which is now obviously visible. So yeah, okay, let's say you you also uh, have scooped up that that particular head that's just sort of limp and cold in your hand. Um, and at that point, like, Dr. Dr. Ting turns to Dr. Tiktabad, uh, which is the, for- the fourth one who hasn't been introduced yet, says, and says, Dr. Tiktabad, is it, is this thing fully dead? Did we, did we fail? Um, and Dr. Tiktabad goes, 
It appears so. They're they're leaving with the with the with the soul sack. They're leaving with the. Please come back. You don't know what you're doing. I flip them the bird and fly the fuck away. <laughs> okay, as you fly away, Manaya, Dewey, and V, what do you do? Fucking nothing. Dewey just I'm at one hit point, and I just had all the happiness I remember taken taken from me. I'm just laying in the rubble. V's gonna look at the body of this creature, and then again, like Rev is still beside her, and she's like. Thank you for coming to help me. And she's still figuring this out. Yeah, of course. I mean, have a pack, remember? A pack. Uh, and at that point, uh, Doctor Ting strides uh, is like is like is like on the warpath. Like he's he like he's he marches, stomps up to where you, Manaya, uh, you V, and you Dewey are. Uh, yes, Manaya. Uh, while this is all going down, as soon as Oka is like and like pulls the thing up. Manaya is standing there, uh, probably heaving, covered in this black blood. Uh, and as this thing, I guess, deflates from having the soul sack took out of it, and the the magic is receding back down. She just starts wailing on it with her axe, just like the chopping it into into bits. Yeah. Okay. A uh, doctor Ching strides up to you, and you can hear him go, "Stop! Stop! Stop it! Damn it! Please! Please stop!" This thing, it, it can give us so many answers about what's happening. Can't you understand? Manaya's ignoring. Stop, damn it! Mr. Kim! Mr. Kim! Solar! And Mr. Kim, who is still has been on the roof this entire time, I think perched looking down with, like, amusement. Oka, as you're flying up, like, you have to fly, like, past him. He just sort of, like, he, like, looks up at you and says, Well, I'll be damned. I guess you were competent after all. Uh, I spit some blood down at him. Uh, he laughs, and then says, see you later. Uh, and then he, like, hops down from the roof and, like, rolls, you know, and then he stands up uh, next to Dr. Ting, and he says, Doctor, Doctor, what's the matter? Apprehend this person! They are destroying our asset! Looks pretty destroyed to me already. I mean, I don't know what you're hoping to learn from what remains. (laughs) That is an order. Well, all right. And Mr. Kim steps forward toward you, Manaya, as you're still wailing on the remains of this thing and just says, Hey, 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 Manaya, right? Uh, Manaya whips around, her axe probably coming like just a few inches from his neck and says, What? And there's some tears coming down. Sure. Like he's like, he's like regarding you like someone would like a wounded animal, which maybe you kind of feel like right now. Hey, 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 look. I know I said earlier I don't really care about what's going on between the two of you, and frankly, I said that not really to be an asshole, but because I figured it was your private business, right? None of my concern. But clearly this means a lot to you. But listen, these folks at the URL, sure they might be kind of suspicious, sure they might be kind of shady, and yeah, maybe they have questionable business practices, and their their moral aptitudes are not quite there. And Dr. Ching goes, get, get to the point. To the point. Yes, yeah, you say that at the same time. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kim says, but, but, they do know what they're doing. If what you're trying to find is some answers from that monster, if we all work together, maybe we can walk away from this situation with a win-win. You hear me? Because you want answers, right? I'm assuming this thing did something to you or someone you cared about. Anaya uh, takes a few more uh, deep breaths, pulls her axe away, and with one hand just, like, sticks it into the monster corpse uh, and, and stomps away. 
vaguely in the direction Oko's flying. Mr. Kim turns to Dr. Singh and says, oh, I got her to stop. And as you're stomping away vaguely in Oka's direction, V and Dewey, do the two of you linger to say anything else to the URL people? Actually, I think um, Dr. Sato calls up and says, Dr. Ching, Dr. Pelpone, she's she's stabilized, uh, but she's in critical condition. We're going to have to take her back to the ship or look for some medical supplies. And Dr. Ching goes, fine, damn it. And he turns around and his eyes land on you, Dewey. There's a pause. Uh, and Dr. Tiktabad is nearby and also follows Dr. Ting's gaze to you. And Dr. Tiktabad goes, hold on. Uh, and she like steps forward a little bit. I'm sorry. You're you... lying on the ground. Uh... Yeah, you're lying on the ground. Totally. Are you okay? I ignore. Okay. Yeah. You're so fucked up. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you're going to be dead. all right. <laughs> you play dead. Okay. Roll, roll performance. <laughs> if you're actually trying to play dead. It's a five. I cough. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you cough. Uh, Doctor Teak the bot sort of like crouches down and like holds out a tentative hand. Like, hey, you, you try to save all the sailors, right? You you flew you flew in there. I, I saw you. That was really brave. I'm sorry. I didn't notice you with the others. Yeah. Dewey musters up all the strength that is left, which is not a lot. Pulls himself to his feet and limps off past this person. Are you limp limping off in Oka's direction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Limp off Dr. Tiktabad goes, well, 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 like a phoenix from the ashes, I guess. Um, and at that point, Rev sort of turns to you, V, and says, oh, we should get going. I, yes, we let's get going. And I'll sort of, like, follow. Uh, Dr. Ching just goes, wait, wait, wait. Uh, can we have that sack back? Uh, uh, and he ineptly, like, kicks the ground. And Solar Kim, you know, Mr. Kim, he leans against, like, a, a, a charred pole of, like, the bait house and, and rolls rolls another cigarette for himself. Uh, and with that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the parting scene, right? You're, you're leaving. You're leaving. Uh, v and Dewey and Manaya, the three of you walk away from the URL. Uh, and they, they don't do much to, like, chase after you. Like, they're, they don't have... You know, their muscle doesn't seem very interested in pursuing you any further. Uh, so, Oka, where have you landed? Uh, I think Oka has landed on the bridge, uh, and probably in the time that it has taken for the party to get to them, they have tried to do some fucked up blood magic. Okay, including? They have the soul sack still, like, kind of tied down with their blood, and they are going to try to use their blood curse of the fallen puppet. The description says, when a creature uh, within 30 feet drops to zero HP, use a reaction to make a single melee weapon attack, blah, blah, blah. I can make whatever fallen creature has fallen near me make an attack on another creature, but I can, I can also amplify it to make it move. What I want to try to do, since I have some of its blood, I have the head, and I have the soul sack, which to Oka is all of the components to you a want to talk? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make you roll Arcana for that to see what the consequences of you using this ability outside of its intended function are. Because I don't know if any of you have Speak With Dead. I got a natural one. So you, you do have inspiration. You can use that. Or it'll work, but there will be dire consequences if you keep the nat one. Dire consequences. Like That's the theme of today. Like how dire? Like pretty dire. But it'll work. Would it be fun? I, I <laughs> think like do it. I think it would be fun. Yeah, Oka's totally gonna mess around with some blood magic. 
Might fuck around. <laughs> Might fuck around with them blood magic. Okay, sounds good. You land by the bridge, and you can sort of see, like, off to the side, sort the the all the escaped sailors and the dockhands and trout and tiger uh, have sort of retreated to that uh, fucked up ship of the URLs. You know, like, close by. They're maybe, like, 30, 35 feet away. Um, and you land on the bridge. They're distracted. They're all, like, looking toward, like, the ruined bait house, so their eyes aren't, aren't on you. So what does it look like as you're performing this blood magic on the ridge? Oh, it's a total mess. It's like the beginning of Full Metal Alchemist where you're like, why would you do that? That's the worst way to try to do that. That's what they're doing. They like have one foot on the soul sack with the blood rope holding it down. That's also attached to their blade, which is still out. And then they have the head, which is they're trying to like reattach onto the soul bag and like yelling at it. You know, it's a nightmare. They're like yelling at it, like speak, fucking speak. Where are they? Like, who's in there? Who is in there? You're trying to talk to the monster, right? Not the souls? It's a, whoever's listening. I feel like the souls would also know what the monster knows. if They're part of it. So anyone who will answer me. The mouth begins to move, maybe surprising you. Uh, and a horrible noise comes out. It's not even like words at first. There's like a coughing, like an unplunging, like a drain has been unclogged suddenly. And then like uh, words come out. Not in a language you understand necessarily at all. Uh, but even though the words that come out are like unknown to you, you understand their meaning, right? Like there's some sort of like psychic power or something that's allowing you to understand what this thing's trying to communicate to you. I think this is the first time ever, Oka, that you have heard like an empty beast is what you call it. Speak. We heard Shakur. Is it similar to that? Shakur was an empty beast that was masquerading as a person. So this is not masquerading as a person. This is speaking to you like from its like true form. You know what I mean? Uh, and it says, The bottom of the ocean inside the swirling, whirling pool. Uh, and I need you to make a history nature check uh just an 11 okay with an 11 you've you've heard of in your studies uh sounds like a whirlpool you know is what this thing's describing bottom of the ocean it's likely talking about somewhere near the court uh the term that comes to you is the raven's eye which is sort of like a natural phenomenon that's existed for like a long time off the off the coast of the court uh sort of in the middle of the boundary waters it's sort of like a consistent whirlpool that sort of like has always been there. You know what I mean? Like ships give it a wide berth. Like you never want to go directly across it because you never make it out. You know, like tons of like sailor stories about it. Uh, this seems to be maybe what, what this voice is referencing. Do you say anything else to it? Where is it? How do you get there? Middle of the ocean. And then there's that unplugging sucking noise again and a completely different voice seems to come out. Um, and it, it says... Uh, Swim, 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 little fishy. Swim, swim, swim through the empty. Not fucking interested in the riddles. Tell me where it is. How do you get things out of it? Where are you? Are you stuck? Uh, it is becoming quickly apparent to you, Oka, that you are not communicating with, like, any souls that used to be human. Whatever this thing is never was never human in the first place. Or even a person, let's say, instead of human as a species. Um, and a third voice comes out that just sort of says, look into the void for too long. Eventually we look back. A present for you, mother. A present for you, mother. A present for you, a paragon. 
And Oka, because of your nat one, this head jumps at your face. Right? And we see it like jumping at the camera. Uh, and, Sorry, Scruff. Uh, and as it leaps at you, you feel something like, you feel something go inside of you. Uh, not like physically, but perhaps in a worse way, like like spiritually or magically. You know, like something enters your soul. And I think as you like, as you're reeling back, like how are you responding, Oka? I am using every part of any power that I have ever possessed to try to get that out of me. But because you rolled it out one, I don't think it works. Uh, you're like resisting, maybe you're like flailing, like 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 staggering backward. And I think at this point, like Manaya, V, and Dewey have like at, like are catching up uh, to where you saw Oka fly to. And all of you see like Oka like staggering backward, like maybe spasming a bit. And then like and then it's you know the spasming stops as this thing has like wriggled itself, you know, wriggled wound its way almost like parasitically like around what feels like your soul in the center of your chest beneath the scar uh that's like splayed across your sternum and you could feel it like like clutched like clutched on you and you could feel Vinash around it like very fucking pissed off you know like Vinash, you could feel it it's, it's like it hurts like it's like fighting against it and you can feel this thing try to eat Vinash that's inside you this thing is trying to consume Vinash, and it's like like two forces like battling it out inside of you in a, in a very, very painful, like, fucked up, screwy way. So, Oka, how do you respond to this? Oka starts screaming, I think. Like, they've yelled. They yell a lot, I think. But this is probably the scariest thing that's ever happened to them. And I think that they are, like, actually screaming in terror loudly. They kind of, like, rip their shirt down, you know, and they're, like, frantically trying to, like, touch uh, and, like, Willing Vinash to make it go away, make it go away, kill it, kill it, kill it, get it out. Okay, Vinash is not having this either, right? You fall to your knees, uh, and this this thing is fighting Vinash, but it's been weakened, right? It's been weakened by you, by Manaya, by Dewey, by V, by everyone, uh, and Vinash is eventually able. You feel it like Vinash kills it, right? Like destroys it. Uh, but have you ever had something inside you die? Uncomfortable is sort of like an understatement, right? Like it's like, like insane pain just sort of radiates out like from your chest. And then as as this thing dies within you, you can feel it like dispersing through your body, through all of like the, you know, like the magical like tendons that like sort of are stitching you together that like make Oka Oka. As you fall into your knees, you receive a flash of, of visions that like flash in front of you. Uh, you see like a wing unfurled with like eyes eyes all over it and you recognize this wing immediately it's the wing of that creature that it, that's been recurring in your nightmares right um and you see like an an image of of a of a of a fish eating a smaller fish uh and as that like flushes by uh you see the image of of like an animal like deep in the forest giving birth uh, as like predators like stalk around it like snarling and snarling and that whisks by again uh, and you you see you see the chasm the Euclid chasm and you see a huge comet uh, across a starless sky like like shoot down and like disappear into the chasm uh, and like uh, and you recognize this place. It's sort of where Dr. Aluso's homestead overlooks the chasm, except the cottage isn't there. Uh, and that is the final image that you get.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, Fezlian Studios, and Soundstripe. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give them a follow on Twitter at OMikeGraham. Podcast editing is done by Connie Chong and C. Thomas. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azura, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Rue.